Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. Joining me today is Susanna Butcher. Susanna is the founder of Calmpreneur.com, an online resource to support entrepreneurs struggling with stress and anxiety. Susanna also works as an emotional freedom technique tapping practitioner, business mentor and mental health advocate. Hi Susanna, thanks for joining me today. Oh, hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. How on earth do you fit it all in? You do an awful <laughs> lot of stuff there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is a balance. You know, I, I've luckily now, finally, I've kind of created a business to suit me rather than having to feel that I have to be someone or do something different. So from that perspective, it's a little bit easier. But I think like any mum or parent in business, you know, it does come with its challenges for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's great that, you know, you've been able to create a business that that works for you and and your lifestyle. And we'll definitely dig more into that um, in a little while. But I'm just keen to know how you're going in the coronavirus lockdown. How's the sanity levels? (laughs) Well, they change like sometimes even by the minute. Um, I started, I think that I was probably in shock for the first few weeks because um, we, we locked down an, a week before everyone else because my husband has, he's ex- in the extremely vulnerable group and we kind of took the call as parents um, to pull them out of school early. So it started a bit earlier for us. Um, yeah, so the, that first period was just shock really, just adjusting, um, feeling quite tearful, um, kind of mood swings um, and then I've gradually adjusted and, and this week actually I started my kind of routine again which has really helped me to stay a bit more sane um, but I've struggled you know I have struggled and I've there's been lots of tears there's been um, you know bad moods I've not been very tolerant with my children um, and obviously anxiety as well which has tended to hit me more at night as I'm going to bed and then I start kind of worrying about what's going to happen yeah it's so difficult isn't it and I think certainly for people who have got a member of their family who's extremely vulnerable or even just families in general it's so difficult to get the balance right between trying to stick to some kind of day-to-day routine and and normality almost and that kind of acceptance that actually nothing we do right now is normal and there is no there is no right answer for how you can go about your day you've just got to do the best you can each day with whatever mindset you're in and just try and I guess try and adjust your mindset wherever you can but not putting too much pressure on yourself because you know this is a really bonkers situation and we're have to just accept that our best is good enough whatever that best is each day yeah definitely I I completely agree with you and you know I I think it's good to be positive but also to realize that we shouldn't be minimizing how we're feeling and we shouldn't be allowing anyone else to minimize how we're feeling I think that we are allowed to feel all these things at the moment because it's like this has never happened before and you know that kind of adjustment that I, I saw lots of things in that first week about kind of homeschooling and all the pressure there and I just felt like I couldn't do that with my kids that week because I wasn't able to and I think they were in shock as well so you know I think we're all just feeling our way and working out ways which 
suit us best really and and suit our families best yeah definitely and whilst I've been trying to moderate my social media intake because I find it can really affect my mental health and how I'm feeling each day but there have been some really positive things that come out of this for me in terms of that community feel and people pulling together and supporting each other in a way that you know historically just hasn't happened on social media it's been it's been quite positive in that sense yeah yeah and I was quite um shocked that first couple of weeks at how much I was actually on my phone like it's an embarrassing amount of hours that I was spending just I don't know um obsessing like reading stuff um I just felt like I needed to be connected to my phone for some reason I've I've no idea why um but yeah I've done the same as you I'm trying to be a bit more sensible about how much I'm using it um but actually like you said the kind of community aspect and as you might know I run a group and that's been really nice like people have been sharing really positive things in there about free activities that are going on and free courses and little kind of positive quotes and things that's really nice to see that yeah it really really is and it's just for me trying to focus on those positive aspects because if I if I don't I think it'll all just overwhelm me again like it did in that first couple of weeks when I just found it all really difficult like like you said I was in shock and I didn't know how to make this my new normal and all of those things that I now needed to try and juggle in my day including like the lack of mental health time you know I I frequently have time without anybody around that I can spend doing activities for my mental health or resting you know whatever it is that I need to do at that point and it's really hard to find that at the moment with us all here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, Mike. So I, I'm actually, well, I was going through um, EMDR therapy and obviously it, it had to stop because they didn't have the, I don't know why they couldn't offer it online, but it was something that kind of really needed to be done in person, ideally. And like you, you know, I had my daily routine. I'd always go for a really nice walk in nature with my dog in the morning, a little more freedom. And now obviously my children are home all the time and my I'm very lucky actually I'm here at the moment in my office in the garden and that's my kind of (laughs) that's where I can escape to like when I need some quiet time because I get quite like uh, I'm not very tolerant of noise sometimes and sort of just stimulation with noise and I just have to have like peace (laughs) so I just escape to my little office. That sounds amazing I'm totally with you on the noise thing so for me I think it's linked to my anxiety I just I find noise really really stressful and difficult to kind of manage whereas I can tolerate quite a lot of other things but but noise is is a really difficult thing and it's really interesting to hear somebody else say that because I don't hear that very often I always think oh god I'm just the you know the really grumpy mum who wants everyone to be quiet No, it's not just you don't worry <laughs> I don't know what it is I've got a friend actually who, who has it as well and I can't like I used to be really good at kind of multitasking but now I can't I can't have more than one source of noise so I can't have the tv on and somebody talking or I can't have music on and then somebody talking I just I find it really difficult to tune in and I, I find it really overstimulating and like you say it's quite anxiety inducing actually <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm the same. It's I'm sorry you feel that way, but it's really nice to hear. That it's not just me. <laughs> I think that's the thing with a lot of a lot of mental health, isn't it? You spend a lot of time in your own head, feeling like you're the only person that feels this way, and it's really, really lovely when you reach out and are vulnerable when other people respond in kind and feel similar. 
Yes, yeah, and that was part of my kind of, well, my mission, I guess, and my ethos is like, I'm not going to hide anything anymore, and I'm not going to pretend or fake it, I'm just going to be like me, and just be as honest as I can be about what I'm experiencing, and hopefully that will help others kind of come out of the shadows a little bit and share their experiences as well. Is that why you started The Calmpreneur? Is that sort of so that you could share your journey and, and help other people in a similar position? Yeah, it was. Um, so, God, I've, I've been in business. I started in business, first of all, in 2008, and I've done loads of different things over the years and had lots of failures and some successes as well. And then in 2018, I had a breakdown, really. I, I couldn't go on with what I was doing. It didn't feel right. It wasn't working. I felt really stressed, anxious. And um, I thought, what am I doing wrong? And I I just I kind of had a week a few weeks where I was just thinking about what I wanted to do and uh, how I wanted to make a difference and how I could be me and that was the idea of calmpreneur so it was like this is what I want to be like I, I would I want my life to be calmer and I want to show people in business that they can do it and still have anxiety you know you can make it work but you, you have to be more mindful of your mental health and stop following all the kind of unhealthy messages that are out there about hustling and, you know, that kind of work ethic, which is important to work hard. Of course it is, but it's even more important to look after yourself because without you, then there isn't a business at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's such a refreshing approach, isn't it? A lot of information out there about the side hustle or, you know, just hustling in general, being an entrepreneur is really I find it really toxic. It's all about working ridiculous hours and just, you know, not taking any time for yourself, not thinking about you or, or even necessarily your customer base in terms of a human element. It's all about how you can sell to people or how you can make a big impact in, in whatever area you're in. And there is you know, there's so little out there about balance and making the right decisions for you and, and kind of owning up to your vulnerability and moulding your business around that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's only yesterday I saw in a like a female entrepreneur group that I'm in, um, someone had shared a graphic saying, you know, I'm prepared to work 80 hours a week to have, uh, I can't remember what it was now, but to have the things that you don't or something like that. And I just, I had to reply and say, actually, no, that's not me. Maybe I'm not an entrepreneur. Because <laughs> um, I think it's important that we do stand up for ourselves and, and say actually that doesn't work for me you know if I worked 80 hours a week goodness knows I wouldn't be able to I just I could not do it I literally could not do it I wouldn't have the time or the my headspace to do that it would not do me any good at all <laughs> yeah definitely and I think you know I, I I'm amazed by people who can achieve that in terms of a working week or you know how they want to go about living their lives but I guess it comes with having a family as well in terms of your priorities change a bit and I know that I need to be my best self in order to look after my family in the best way and Mm. so running myself ragged doing 20 different jobs isn't going to do that for me. No you're right and I think it is important to like say that you know if, if you're on your own and you can do that and you're fine and you're balanced then that's good you know that's good for you that's brilliant but no it's not going to suit everybody and it's important to know that you know like you say when you have children as well it's important that you have more balance and from my perspective I didn't want to 
have to work so that I could spend time with them later because I thought I want to spend time with them now like I want the life that I'm thinking is going to be great in the future now <laughs> um yeah. so I want to I'd rather be less successful like in, in monetary terms and have that really lovely balance with my family um than think right I'm just going to hustle hard for five years and then I'll spend lots of time with my family because that just didn't make any sense to me because I would miss so much yeah definitely uh, I really agree with that and I think this is really difficult isn't it because say for me you know I had I had a breakdown in 2018 it must have been the year for it I guess yeah. um, <laughs> that was a good year <laughs> <laughs> and and you know I've spent the last year and a half or whatever it is now just trying to rebuild myself and you know working out what works for me um, and what what doesn't work for me and trying really hard to be more open and honest about those things so that a people around me understand when I say look I'm really sorry I don't want to come to your massive house party it's not really my thing Uh, but also so that people feel comfortable saying that to me about things you know I I encourage people to talk to me about do you know what I, I would love to spend some time with you but that's not how I want to spend that time you know that's great let's find something that we can both handle and that helps us both have a bit of headspace it's yeah yeah definitely and I think that that's you know quite a big thing especially for women is feeling obligated to say yes to everything because otherwise you're letting people down or you're maybe frightened you're going to miss out on something and actually thinking no what is what do I actually really want to do like I'm allowed to say no and that's okay give it kind of giving yourself permission really yeah definitely and that's what I like so much about your website and your and your group is that you've got all these stories of people who have have done things you know they've been through stuff they've had their own mental health struggles and they've worked out a way to live around that and to celebrate their successes and their their awesomeness in themselves and and I find that really really inspiring and not in a cheesy way but just in a way that makes it feel really achievable for me you know thank you I I really I'm really glad that you said that because it's it's a bit of a labor of love really Kampana um and you know I started I wanted to share those stories and but make them say that they weren't like like too negative or sad but there are elements of sadness in them of course because people are talking about their mental health journey but for most of the people that are featured they found like you say they found a way to live and work around their mental health so they're not all necessarily fixed and healed (laughs) and like yeah that's it I'm done now they're kind of still going through that process but they've all still got businesses and are doing really well so it's it's lovely to hear someone say that and we've got our first two men as well sharing their story in the past couple of months so I'm really proud that they've come forward and done that. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, there's there's lots of, of opportunity for, for more people to share their story, isn't there? I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where we're sort of saying, actually, do you know what? I've read enough of people's mental health journeys because I just don't think that there's no one right answer, is there? There's no magic solution that's going to fix everybody with a mental health condition. And so the more stories that you hear, the more experiences that you are exposed to, the bigger your toolbox for helping yourself. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, you know, like you said, there's so many, there are so many healing modalities out there, there's so many ways to get support, and not everything is going to suit every person. 
you know, I know that some people have not got on very well with EMDR, which is a therapy I've tried. I've also been on medication. I've tried talking therapy. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not giving up after the, you know, that first thing and thinking, well, that's it now. I'm stuck with my mental illness. It's knowing that there are so many options out there. And just because that didn't work for you, it doesn't mean that something else won't. And just to keep trying really. Yeah. And that's a really important message, isn't it? Because there are so many things out there that it can be really easy to either feel overwhelmed or to miss something that might make it easier for you to recover. And it's really, I find it really difficult to get started on something new. So, you know, I I really know that I would love to be meditating every day. I'd love that to be part of my daily practice. But I find it really, really difficult to do because I have severe anxiety. I'm not someone who finds it really easy to sit still and be calm. But also because there are so many different types out there. You know, you can listen to a guided meditation and not get on with it or not like the voice or not like the background noise, whatever that might be. And it can put you off. It can, you're like, oh, okay, well, meditation's not for me then. You know, without thinking, actually, do you know what? There are 20 million you know, whatever the number is, it's huge, isn't it? In terms of guided meditations, let alone all the other stuff that you can try. Yes, definitely. And I think that it's, you know, we, we, we hear someone talking about it, I think, oh, I must try that. And, you know, sometimes I meditate and I, I realise at the end that I haven't actually meditated. All I've done is it's been, my headphones have been in my ears and I've been half listening and half thinking about something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> normally the to-do list, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And I get like done like 10 minutes. I think, well, technically I've meditated today, but I've not really actually meditated today. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That's me every <laughs> single time I try and meditate. Like I sit there and for the first minute or so, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. I can really, I'm listening and I'm really involved. And then before I know it, you know, I've gone three days ahead into some task that I need to get done or something. And I'm like, oh, it's the end of the guided meditation. And I didn't listen to any of it. <laughs> And I guess that's why they call it a meditation practice, because it does take practice. And, you know, I'm still practicing myself to meditate proper, well, properly, even though there isn't really any properly. There's just it's just about sitting really in peace without that kind of judgment, because, you know, we, we tend to kind of beat ourselves up about thinking and we try and make our mind go blank. But actually, that's not really the purpose of it. So, yeah, keep trying. You might you might find that you're able to listen for a whole 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that's let you know it. if I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, you're right though; it is a practice, and I think that's the same with a lot of self care habits, isn't it? You you need to practice building them into your daily routine if you have one, or practice speaking more compassionately to yourself, or focusing on things that you are thankful for. You know, it is just a practice, and you it is a muscle that you will build the more that you do it. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I I did quite a lot of research on habits a a few years ago, and it takes 66 days on average to build in a new daily habit. And that's quite a long time when you think of it, you know, you've got to do like two months of your habit before actually it becomes part of your natural daily routine. So for something like, I don't know, meditation or journaling or tapping, whatever it is that you want to do every day, you, you know it's that persistence and I think that's quite hard when you've got mental illness to keep that level of enthusiasm and motivation going for that long period of time 
Oh yeah, definitely. It's especially if I guess you start when you're in a fairly even place and then something inevitably comes up to tip you off that balance, you know, keeping up something that's not a natural part of your habit then is really difficult. And I guess that's where sort of that determination comes in and and how stubborn are you that you're going to keep up with this? Yeah. And I think it's like just having that awareness as well so like what happens is me when my mental health dips is that I deli- I I don't deliberately do it because I don't really realize until a few days later but I self-sabotage myself so much and I just stop doing the things that I know are good for me and I don't know why I do that it's really annoying <laughs> but um it comes to a few days I think oh yeah I've stopped doing I've stopped meditating or I've stopped walking in nature or I've stopped drinking water you know enough water and once I'm aware of it then I'm able to kind of manage it a bit better and try and motivate myself to get back into it but it's really frustrating when that happens it really is because it just creeps out of nowhere doesn't it and it takes a few days before you realize I'm not feeling very good oh that's why because I've stopped doing all the things that keep me feeling well Um, but it's really subtle isn't it it just kind of creeps in and 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 you don't notice until it's kind of gone a bit further yeah and I think that's that's the same for any like even uh, kind of chronic stress really is we often don't realize until we're, we're at the point where it's affecting our health and that's why I try and kind of raise awareness about stress and and what signs and symptoms people might be experiencing so that they can start to implement self-care practices and that's not just about you know people think self-care hot bath or <laughs> something like that you know I think it goes a lot kind of deeper than that and it goes more about like you were saying you know being really self-compassionate with yourself and doing things that you love to do and saying no if you need to and saying yes if you need to and just allowing yourself to you know do do what you feel is best for you really yeah definitely and and it's about I guess for me giving myself the space to know what's best for myself to really listen to what my gut's telling me and I think I work so hard to pretend that my mental health conditions aren't there and pretend to the world that I'm absolutely fine that I keep myself so busy to do that that I don't leave myself space to listen and to really hear what I need until Mm -hmm. it's kind of spiraled a little bit and then I you know, it stops me. And then I have the capacity then to listen to myself a bit better. Yes, yeah, I get that. And I think that a lot of people feel that as well, you know, because we we're always on the go. And you know, we from the minute we wake up in the morning, there's loads of micro stressors, there's always a lot to do, there's always a lot to be lots of places to go, and not the moment so much. But (laughs) You know, generally speaking, when you're kind of, you know, running your kids around and taxiing and even when we're resting, we're not really resting. We're sort of sat watching telly or we're on our phone or, you know, we don't allow ourselves much space. And that rest time and that quiet time is really important for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really keen to learn a bit more about this tapping that you do. So emotional freedom technique tapping. How did you get into that? Well, <laughs> it looks really weird. I don't know if you've ever seen videos of it online, but um, anyone can look it up. There's there's some really good videos on YouTube. But basically, yes, yeah, emotional freedom technique. And I discovered it, first of all, probably about eight years ago when I was uh, I was in a business group and another lady in there did tapping for money blocks. So I tried it on myself and I thought, oh, that's quite good. And it seemed to like make me feel different. And then I didn't really practice it for quite a few years. And then I got back into it again when I was kind of going through that really bad period where 
it was over a year really where I was suffering from quite chronic stress and I found tapping again and this guy on YouTube called Brad Yates tap with Brad he's brilliant he does some really funny little tapping videos and I thought oh I'll give it a go again and again it really did help me to feel calmer so I started exploring it a bit more found that there was more emerging evidence for EFT in as much as they were doing brain scans and they were uh, measuring cortisol levels in blood and they were seeing the effect that it was having on the brain and that was like wow this is quite something I must like wanted to learn more about it and then I trained to be a practitioner last year and basically what it is is it's kind of referred to sometimes as emotional acupuncture so you're just tapping on parts of your face and your upper body and your head and that's kind of restores your body's natural energy or harmony so I'm sure that people listening might have heard of acupuncture before where you have needles or very fine needles that stimulate what's called the meridians and this is based on traditional Chinese medicine and what you're doing in tapping is you're you're tapping on those specific meridian points to release kind of blocked energy blocked emotions and restore harmony. Wow that sounds amazing it's not something that I really know anything about at all although I have I've seen a couple of videos where it just looks a bit odd like you say a bit funny doesn't it (laughs) Um, and I didn't really understand sort of how it would help but yeah that's that that sounds really interesting and really accessible as well if you can watch some YouTube videos and do it from the comfort of your own home that's that's quite nice isn't it yeah definitely the only one kind of word of caution really it's fine to do it on your own and you can do it for all sorts of different things but if you have got unresolved trauma or PTSD then it's always best to work with a practitioner because because it can bring stuff up it can re-traumatize you and it's exactly what happened to me actually (laughs) and it wasn't very nice so you know if you're if there's kind of deep-seated stuff that's going on then it's probably worth kind of working one-to-one but for general generalized anxiety disorder and stress and all sorts of health issues headaches migraines limiting beliefs you know you can tap on yourself um, just by following a youtube video it's brilliant oh thank you that's that's fantastic and good word of caution definitely I think it's the same with a lot of therapies isn't it if you've got some underlying things that you perhaps haven't dealt with you know therapy can often make them worse before before they get better and sort of regardless of the type of therapy really Mm, yes yeah definitely and from myself going through EFT myself and kind of re-traumatizing myself and then ending up doing EMDR and you're absolutely right you know the first few sessions I had were absolutely horrendous because everything thing was you know coming up (laughs) all at the same time yeah Yeah, it's difficult isn't it and and that's where I think it's really important that you've got a therapist that you trust and that you have a good relationship with and it's definitely my experience that you're not going to have that with every therapist and and it's totally okay to go to know what this actually this relationship isn't going to work for me because I just don't feel that connection because you're putting yourself in such a vulnerable position that you need to feel safe And if you don't, then by all means, you know, ask to see somebody else. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm so glad you said that. That is so important. And I work with clients with all sorts of things. And, you know, I've worked with people that have had trauma. And that's what we kind of say, like we that first session, really, I don't do any deep work with people to see, you know, for them, if they think that it's going to suit them, if I'm going to suit them. But, you know, I know having had that kind of trauma myself and PTSD I know how important it is that you feel safe as or as safe as you can do because some people have never ever felt safe in their lives and that's really how I approach it 
Yeah, definitely. And that's it, isn't it? We're all different and we all want something different from whatever therapy or intervention that we're approaching. And it's important just to, I guess, to give yourself the space to understand what you're looking for and try things, but have that acceptance that, you know, you can absolutely move on if it's not working. I think that's, that's really important. So is EFT part of your self-care now? Is this something that you do regularly to keep yourself well? Yeah, so it's it's quite good. So I tend to either follow a video on YouTube. So if there's something specific that I need, then I'll search for it. And I've started creating some of my own now as well on there that people are welcome to use. But what I do quite a lot of the time is I will just tap without saying anything, because normally as you as you tap on the points, you would be repeating words and phrases that are meaningful to you. So you might be talking about the truth of how you're feeling, or you might be saying that you feel angry or sad. And then eventually, as you kind of move through the process then you start to tap more kind of positive elements I guess and positive outcomes for that scenario or situation but what I do a lot is in my in my journal so I journal most days and sometimes I I rant tap (laughs) and that's like when basically you know when you have those really crap mornings and you wake up feeling a bit rubbish and you kind of write down and sometimes I would just tap what I've written in my journal to kind of get it all out there and I think that's really important because we part of EFT is kind of accepting the truth of how we're feeling and like I don't know if you know if you know much about the law of attraction but when you're in business it's all about positivity and mindset and you know sometimes you feel crap and you want to kind of feel crap and that's okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and tapping just helps you to kind of get it out and just release some of it rather than just suppressing it all all the time. Oh, that sounds like such a healthy way to to deal with it. It, We all definitely have those mornings where things just don't go to plan or we've just woken up grumpy for some reason. (laughs) And, you know, it's a hangover from whatever dreams we've had or something the day before. And we just, you know, we, we try really hard to kind of take some deep breaths and go, right, come on, you know, put your face on and just get on with the day and pretend that everything's fine. Whereas get getting it all out there just is such a healthier way to approach it. Yeah, and it, you know, it doesn't always work. Some days are just, uh, you have to write it off and think, okay, <laughs> tomorrow's another day. I'll leave that one there. And, but most of the time it does, it does work and you do feel better afterwards. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you mentioned journaling there as well as part of something that you do every day to stay well. Is there, is there anything else that you would do as part of your kind of wellness routine? Yeah, so I have, which is what I've restarted this week. Generally speaking, I wake up about an hour before my family wake up. And the first thing I do is meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. I using um, the Headspace app or the Calm app. And then after that, I find that because uh, meditating, I might think about something, I might get an idea. That seems to be a, the best time for me to journal. So I will free write about anything and do gratitude as well. So I usually find like three things that I'm thankful for that day. And then I will do some tapping and then I do some exercise, either going on the treadmill or I do yoga. And sometimes I do affirmations as well. So I've got a really good app on my phone called think up and you can program in your own affirmations so you can actually record yourself saying them so that it becomes more real so you can actually listen to it like as you're walking or as you know just sort of sat in peace if you want to just listening to your affirmations um, and that's quite good as well 
Wow, that's fantastic. I'm so envious of people who can get up before their family and and do lots of wellness things. It's just not something that I'm really able to do. I guess I just don't sleep well enough and I'm still always exhausted. But maybe that's part of just building a habit. Maybe that's kind of what I need to focus on. Yeah, Um, I mean, it was hard. Like when I, I, honestly, I, I used to think I could never do that and what I did in the end was I thought I'll I'll stagger it so I literally just did 15 minutes to start with so I'd get up at like quarter to seven instead of seven (laughs) Um, and that just helped me so then I do that for a few weeks and then once I felt okay with that I would I began to kind of naturally wake a little bit earlier so I would then sort of do half six and then eventually quarter past six and then six but at the moment because my kids are off I'm doing seven between seven and seven thirty I'm getting up so I'm not I'm not like really strict about it and like you say sometimes some periods of your life when you're struggling with sleep like the thought of getting up early after not getting to sleep till like two in the morning is like too unbearable so I completely get that as well (laughs) yeah and I guess the staggering thing is a really good tip isn't it I think gently kind of easing yourself into a new routine is really is a healthy way of doing it Wow, I've taken so much from our chat. It's been really, really, really helpful. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I just have one final question, which is what I ask everybody. Do you have a change one thing for us? So if someone can only change one thing because changing everything is far too much to manage at this point, what would it be that you'd recommend? So one thing that's really helped me is awareness. And this is quite a difficult one um, to kind of get your head around. But once you do, it can really help you. And what you can do is when you feel yourself, when you feel anxiety building or when you feel like you're going to snap at your kids or kind of shout, is just to imagine that there is a pause button (laughs) in your head that you can press and just think, okay, right I want to fly off the handle I want to shout I'm cross and just kind of pause and think okay why why is that like what is my body telling me right now do I need to change something is there something else I can do is there a different way I can react so just imagining that you can press pause anytime and become more aware of what is happening in your body is something that's really helped me Oh, definitely. I would love a massive pause button for for <laughs> lots of situations. <laughs> yeah, sadly, it doesn't actually properly work in real life, but yeah, <laughs> an imaginary one anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But again, it's that's the that's the muscle, isn't it? It's about building that habit so that you have the capacity to have that kind of mental pause button it's giving yourself the time to practice that and not being too hard on yourself when for the first however many times you find it really difficult or it doesn't work yes yeah definitely and it it is just you know letting yourself off the hook a bit like you said it's just building it up slowly it's not going to be something that you can do straight away and you know I'm by no means perfect and I by no means remember to press the pause button all the time (laughs) but I am kind of slower now with things and I I've slowed down a lot and I try and react calmly as much as I can um but like I said I don't always get it right by any means (laughs) well and this is it though isn't it I don't think there is a getting it right you know there is no perfect thing that we're all aiming for because everyone's idea of what's right for us and our families is different yeah definitely Thank you so much, Susanna. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you today. And I'll put the links to Calmpreneur and perhaps your YouTube tapping videos in in the show notes so that people can check them out as well. Oh, thank you so much, Hannah. It's been so lovely talking to you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening today. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us. See you next time.